0: Welcome to Valley Creek. We are so glad that you are here with us. Whether this is your first time here, maybe you haven't been in a while. Maybe you're here every single week. Hope is here. Everyone is welcome. Jesus changes everything and it's time in Jesus name. It's time. What is it time for in your life that glorifies God? You see, that is a prophetic word spoken over our church, over your life in this season. And while those two words, it's time, don't have any favor on them in, of themselves, if we will align our lives with it and believe that is from the Lord, there is a tremendous favor on that in this time, in this season. And so we've been in this series called It's Time. And we're not asking the question, what time is it? We're asking the question, what is this time for? Like, what is God doing right now in my life and how do I align myself with it? And so one more time. So everybody gets this in the Bible. There are two Greek words for the word time, the word chronos and the word Kairos chronos think chronological. Uh, think clocks and calendars, days, weeks, months, years, seasons, kind of how we measure our life and define time. But then there's Kairos time. And Kairos is God's divine plans, God's divine purpose, what God is doing, and he invites us to align our life with it. And we don't want to spend our lives filling up our Chronos with things that aren't Kairos. We want to fill our clocks and calendars with God's divine purpose for our life. In fact, the reason we get overwhelmed and stressed out in life is because we fill up our Kronos with things that aren't Kairos. You always have enough time for the things God has created you to do. You do not have enough Kronos to do everything the world wants you to do. And that's when we get stressed. In fact, check out this verse. I love it. It says, David served God's purpose in his own generation. Now, if you can sit on this for a second and catch this, this is profound. David served God's purpose in his own generation. In other words, David used his Kronos to fulfill God's Kairos. David was more aware of Kairos than he was Kronos. Like he used his clock and calendar, his days, his weeks, his months, his years to accomplish God's purpose, the kairos of his life. So he was more aware of the kairos season he was living in than the Chronos and all the things the world wanted him to do. And you see this in every season of David's life, whether it's shepherding the sheep, running from Saul, ruling all of Israel, David used his Chronos to accomplish God's kairos. I don't know about you, but I want this verse to be true of my life. And not just at the end of my life, like in this season of my life, I want to be more aware of God's purpose than I am the world and the time that's going on around me. And so you ask the question, how does David always know what God's purpose is? Well, really simple. Once again, David inquired of the Lord and the Lord answered him. What you'll see over and over again in David's life is he just asked God, hey, God, what are you doing and how can I align my life with it? Hey, God, what are you up to? Because I want to be a part of that. He wasn't worried about what the world wanted him to do and what his friends and what his family and what everybody else declared over his life. Hey, God, what are you doing? Because that's what I want to be a part of. All you have to do is ask God and he will show you what it's time for in your life. In fact, I love this. It says, from one man, talking about God, he made every nation of men that they should inhabit the whole earth, and he determined the times set for them and the exact places where they should live. Again, if you can catch this, God is the one who determines the times of your life. Times, plural, Chronos and Kairos. It's God who determines how much Kronos time you have, how many years you actually live on this earth. But he also determines your Kairos, the divine plan and purpose that he has created you for and what he wants you to do in each season. And where Kronos and Kairos cross, that's where you're living in the light of eternity. If you can catch this where Kronos and Kairos cross, when you use your Kronos to fulfill God's Kairos, his divine plans and purpose, then you're living in the light of eternity. Why? Because there is no Kronos in heaven. There's only Kairos. There's no days, weeks, months, years in heaven. There's only God's divine plans and purposes. So God created Kronos to fulfill his Kairos. And so when we ask God what he's doing His divine purpose in our life and then use the time, the finite amount he's given to us to accomplish those things, we are literally living in the light of eternity here and now. See, we have to learn to think differently about time. And that's really what this whole series has been about. You think it's probably been about some of the specific things that I've thrown out at you. It's actually been about learning to think differently about your life and how you live it. Like Time is the most unrenewable resource of your life. Of all the resources of your life, you can get more of all of them. You can get more money, you can get more stuff, you can get more electricity, you can get more oil, you can get more gold, you can never get more time. It is an unrenewable resource and we need to think differently about how we use it. In fact, the Bible says, why do you, why, why you do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Bible says you're a mist, a vapor, like the grass of the fields, the the flowers of the fields that bloom today, but then are gone tomorrow. And so we need to think differently about time and inherently we know this is true. Because think about how we talk all the time. You hear people say, oh, I'm late. I'm running out of time. I missed my opportunity. I'm behind. I'm spending time. I'm wasting time. I'm over the hill. And we think that we've missed out on the life in front of us. But hear me. There is always a Kairos moment in front of you at every day of your life. Come on, David didn't miss his opportunity spending 10 years running from Saul. Uh, Joseph wasn't behind 10 years as a slave when he was preparing himself for what God wanted to do. Abraham wasn't over the hill waiting 25 years on God to deliver on that promised child at 100. They were all more aware of Kairos than they were of Kronos. And they didn't care about the situation or the circumstance. They just kept asking God, God, what are you doing now? And I want to align my life with it. And if you and I will take that same posture, you never have to live with regret of the past, fear of the future, or stress in the present. It doesn't matter how much of your life you feel like you messed up, how many opportunities you feel like you lost, how far behind you are compared to everyone else on social media. There is a Kairos moment in front of you right now. And the greatest thing you can do is say, God, what are you doing in my life right now? That's what I'm gonna align myself with it, because I refuse to believe that I'm behind. I refuse to believe that I missed my opportunity, because if you're still giving me Kronos, then there's are still Kairos. For me to do. Are you with me on that? Come on, the only reason God has given you days, weeks, months, and years is because He has a divine plan and purpose for you. So we got to be more aware of the kairos than the chronos. And so the, the question then is, is what is it time for in your life that glorifies God? And really, I, I want to ask it to you like this If you and me sat, and objectively looked at how you live your life, what would we conclude that you believe it's time for? If we just sat and objectively looked at how you live your life, like how you do each day, what you're stressed about, where you find urgency, what you're focused on, what you're pursuing, what you're running after, what bothers you, what encourages you, like what would we conclude that you believe it's time for? because your behaviors always reveal your beliefs. So would we conclude that it's time for making money, that it's time for building a business? Would we conclude that it's time for comfort and convenience or personal happiness or digital uh, content and technology and movies and media and all those different kinds of things? Like what would we conclude that you believe it's time for? Would we conclude that you believe it's time to seek the Lord? just in the way you live your daily life, would we conclude it's time to seek the Lord because it's time to seek the Lord. It's always time to seek the Lord. And that's the big idea for today. In Jesus' name, it's time to seek the Lord. In fact, check this out. My heart says of you, seek his face, your face, Lord, I will seek. Do you realize your heart was created to seek God? It's not just a desire or a thought or an interest that you create on your own. Your heart was literally created by God to seek him. The only question left is, is will you point your heart in that direction? Or how about this? That says my heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Do you realize that your heart, your flesh, your body, your mind, your soul, were all created to seek God. And if that's true, then you will never find rest or peace or purpose until you do. See, it's time to seek God because it's always time to seek God in the morning, in the evening, in the summer, in the winter, when you're young, when you're old, when it's good, when it's bad, in the valley, in the mountaintop. Come on. It's always time to seek God. The most kairos thing you can do in your life is use your chronos to seek God. The most divine purpose thing in your life is to use the limited finite chronos time that God has given you to seek him. To seek God is to discover life. In fact, look at this verse with me again and let's add one more to it. From one man, he made every nation of men that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he determined the time set for them and the exact places where they should live. Ready? God did this for what? so that men would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from each one of us. God has given you time for one purpose and one purpose only, to seek him. If you want to know why there is time in any way, shape, and form in your life, it says it right here. God literally has given you time to seek him, that you will reach out to him because he wants you to find him. If you can capture that, it changes how you view your life. Because all of a sudden you're not measuring yourself compared to everyone else in the journeys they're on. You're saying, I have a finite amount of time in this life for one purpose and one purpose only, to seek God. Which means it is always time to seek God. And the most Kairos thing you can do is use your Kronos to seek him. You with me on this? Okay. Now, if we're really honest, what I've heard from a lot of people, let's say over the last year and a half, is that they feel far from God in this season, that they feel distant from God. Like they believe in Jesus and they want to follow him, but they don't feel like they hear his voice. They don't feel like he's close. Like they, they can't seem to find him. Well, If that's true, then really we have to think about it and boil it down to there's only really two conclusions. If I don't feel close to God, either he's hiding or I'm not seeking. These are the only two conclusions that you can really boil it down to. Is God hiding or am I not seeking? Well, let's talk about it. Is God hiding? Well, God never hides from you, but sometimes he hides for you. God never hides from you, but sometimes he will hide for you. You say, what does that mean? Well, God doesn't hide from you. Let's be real clear on this. Jesus moved into your neighborhood with grace and truth. He came to show you who the Father is. He has poured out his Holy Spirit upon you. Him and the Father have come to take up residence inside of you. So so he's never hiding from you, but sometimes he hides for you. In other words, sometimes God will pull back just a little bit to catch your attention and cause you to seek him in new and fresh ways. Like, think about the drought. As this drought has happened in in the whole North Texas region, do you realize in some ways that's the best thing that could happen to the trees? Because as the water recedes in the ground, the trees have to send their roots deeper to chase that water. So, So actually, the water withdrawing a little bit causes them to become stronger and deeper and more mature. Or think about a dad that's trying to teach his little toddler how to walk. When that toddler can take like one or two steps, what does the dad do? Ah, come on, come on, come on, right? And the next thing you know, the toddler doesn't take one step, goes all the way across the room. This is the dad was withdrawing. It wasn't from the son, it was for the son. To show the son that he was capable of so much more than he realized. And God does that sometimes to help us seek him in different ways, to help us find new maturity, to put our roots in different ways and, and to find new things about him. So God is not hiding from you. But sometimes he hides for you so that you'll seek him in new in different ways. In fact, I love this. It says, let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find, find, find grace. Grace is not a theological concept. He's a person and his name is Jesus to help us in our time of need. In other words, Jesus has removed any and every barrier between you and God. You can literally be as close to God as you want to be. You can have as much of God as you want. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Return to God and he will return to you. Be with God and he will be with you. So the question is not, is God hiding from us? The question is, is are we seeking him? And so let me show you these three verses and you ask yourself the question, based on how the Bible defines seeking, is that what I'm doing? First one is this, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Seek first, seek God first above all things as the number one priority, as the thing that has captured your heart, your attention, your life, his kingdom and his righteousness, his rule and reign and submission and surrender to Jesus. And all these things will be given to you. In other words, the greatest thing you can do for your life is seek God. Greatest thing you can do for your finances, seek God. Greatest things you can do for your family? Seek God. Greatest things you can do for that circumstance or that situation? Seek God. Why? Because if I seek Him first, everything else He promises that He will take care of. He's trying to get our attention and our affection and the focus of our heart. In fact, the word seek there, I love this. It means to aim at with thought, meditation, and inquiry of. To seek means to aim at with thought meditation and inquiry of. In other words, to seek Jesus first is to aim our heart at him and think about, meditate on, and inquire of him. Are you seeking God first? The next one says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. He says we're to seek him with all our heart not a half heart, not a leftovers, not when we have time, not when we feel like it, not with a little bit, not in the circumstance, not in the no, no, all our heart all the time. And he longs to be found by you. So are you seeking him with all your heart? And then the third one is seek the Lord while he may be found, call on him while he is near. In other words, seek the Lord now. Not then, not someday, not when you got time, not when the situation or circumstance resolves itself. No, no, today is the day of salvation. Today is the day to seek the Lord. It is always time to seek God. Are you with me on that? Come on, what does God want to reveal to you when you seek him? What does he want to share with you? What does he want to show you? What does he want to do in your heart or in your life? How does he want to heal you? What does he want to do inside of you? See, the greatest privilege of your life is this invitation to seek God in every day, in every month, in every season of your life. Come on, there are so many people in this season that are so discontent. They're discontent with their marriage. They're discontent with their job. They're discontent with their house and where they live and what they've got. They're discontent with their church. And it's amazing how all of the discontent inside of us is so easy to project on our spouse, our boss, our job, our church, whatever it is. But can I just tell you, if you're discontent with everything and everyone, it's probably because you're disconnected from God. Because if you're disconnected from God, you will always be discontent in the rest of your life. Why? Because to seek God is to find life come on. If COVID taught us anything, it's this. We learned how to seek some things. Think about this with me. If COVID taught us anything, it taught us how to seek some things. Like you remember the whole toilet paper run? Yeah, that wasn't that long ago. And very quickly, you learned how to seek and find some toilet paper in Jesus name. Yeah. And then there was that whole season where you couldn't get the groceries you needed. And so you learned how to seek and find the food that you wanted. And then there was that whole technology era where literally technology challenged people like me and the few of us that still remain. We had to learn how to seek and find things like Zoom and the apps and the, I can't, I can't like call anyone to order something anymore. It has to all, I like we had to seek and find to be able to figure out how to deal with life. Yes. Come on. If you wanted to buy a car, you had to really seek in order to be able to find who knew that microchips ran this world, a house. If you wanted a house, you had to seek and you had to find, and you had to pay exorbitantly more than that house was probably worth, but you had value. It was important to you. You wanted it. You needed it. We learned how to seek after some things. Come on. Even football cards. Do you know you could not get football cards during COVID? My son and his friends, they went on this whole journey of trying to find football cards during the pandemic. $20 boxes at Target were being bought by flippers and sold for 200 bucks. So it was this crazy season where you could not get these things. And my my son and his friends, they would call each other and text each other. And uh, and then us as parents got into it and we would figure out there's a shipment here. You gotta get to this Target and Addison like quick, cause it's gonna be run out and like this whole, like this whole thing. And I I kid you not, I remember it was six in the morning. We found out there was a shipment that was gonna be in this one Target. (laughs) What you do for the people you love. Six in the morning, I'm waiting in a hundred person deep line at a Target, like somewhere in Irving. It's raining. And the two people in front of me are talking about this whole scenario. And they, I literally heard them say, yeah, yeah, we heard that one of the best flippers literally put GPS trackers on the delivery vans so they know exactly what gets delivered when so they can go in and buy it all. And I literally sat there and I thought, What if we put half of that effort into seeking the Lord? See, I think sometimes we have the sense of like we're a casual explorer of God instead of a passionate pursuer. I think sometimes we even come in here on a Sunday and we show up like we're here to, to come to a gladiator arena. And we're sitting here to be entertained and to watch other people battle. Or we come into a theater to watch other people perform or a music hall to watch other people play, not realizing that we're the ones who are supposed to be seeking God, that we're supposed to be engaged in the game with everything that we've got. And and you have to remember, you will always find what you're looking for. So do you really want to find that which you are currently looking for? Whatever your life would objectively say you believe it's time for, do you really want to find that thing in the end anyways? Or is there something different and better? Wisdom is supreme, therefore get wisdom. Though it costs you all you have, get understanding. And if you look for it as silver and search for it as hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Wisdom is not a thought pattern. Wisdom is a person and his name is Jesus. Jesus is the wisdom of God. He's wisdom personified. So this is not talking about a thought pattern. This is talking about Jesus is supreme. Though it costs you all you have to get Jesus, look for it as if it's silver and hidden treasure with all your heart first, with everything you got now, not someday. Then, then you will find God and everything else will be added unto you. And so if you really want to see God and you really want to find him, you got to know where to look. Like if I'm going to go deer hunting, I'm probably not going to downtown Dallas or to the beach. I'm going to the woods and I'm looking for signs and trails and tracks. And then when I find that, I'm going to position myself there and keep coming back day after day until I have an encounter with that deer. Same is true with God. God. So can I give you really quick three ways that you can position yourself to seek God and find him? Come on, can I give you these three thoughts real quick on how you can find God in this season? Because that's what it's time for. First thing is this, engage the scriptures. If you really wanna find God, you gotta engage the scriptures. I know some of you are like, I was waiting for something so much different than that. (laughs) I know. But remember, Jesus is the word of God. In the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. The Bible is not Jesus, and Jesus is not the Bible, but the written word tells us about the living word. And if we're really going to find the living word, we've got to engage the written word. In fact, Jesus says to the Pharisees, you diligently study the scriptures because you think that by them you possess eternal life. These are the scriptures that testify about me, yet you refuse to come to me to have life. He says, the scriptures are the footprints that lead you to me. They're the pathway. They're the signs. They're the tracks. They're showing you who I am and what I have done. And if you will engage them, you can't help but discover and encounter me along the way. Or how about this that says all scripture is God breathed. Scriptures are literally the breath of God. So when we open up the scriptures, we are literally breathing in God's breath. Just like God breathed life into Adam at creation, just like Jesus breathed life into the disciples at the resurrection, when you engage the scriptures, God is breathing his life into you. It's changing you from the inside out, it's working on you. It's allowing his presence to shape you and mold you and form you. Come on, God writes like he speaks, and he speaks like he writes. And the mouth speaks of the overflow of the heart. So when we hear his words, we get to know his heart. And if it's God breathed, if it's his breath, then that means he is so very close. If you want to find God, you got to engage his word. I mean, do you remember the story of the road to Emmaus? It's in Luke chapter 24. Jesus is crucified. He's gone. He's buried. The disciples think it's over. And they're walking down this road and they're so defeated because they think it's all done. And the resurrected Jesus shows up and he starts walking alongside of them and he asks them, guys, why are you so down? And they're like, are you serious, bro? Are you new to town? Have you not heard? The resurrected Jesus is right here and they can't see him. How many times does the resurrected Jesus walk into your life and mine and we can't see him? And so what does Jesus do? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, Jesus explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. Then their eyes were opened and they recognized him. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? Are you serious? Like catch this. Jesus is walking with them. They don't see him. And he could have really easily just stopped and said, guys, it's me. Hey. (laughs) Instead, he opens the scriptures to them and he shares the scriptures concerning himself, not concerning them. And what they have to do and all the religion and the duty and the expectations that we think the scriptures are about. No, no, no. He explained it concerning himself. Let me tell you who I am and what I have done. And then their eyes were open. Then they recognized him. There is something about the wisdom of God that has chosen to reveal himself to us through his word. So if you really want to find him, don't go hang out in downtown Dallas deer hunting. Go where he says he is and your hearts will burn within you. Grace. Life, fire, hope, because you've encountered God. Come on, are you with me on this? This is the reading plan. Jump in with us. We start a new reading plan tomorrow, a chapter a day. You don't have to get it. You can literally read it and be like, I got no idea what any of that just meant. Great. He will explain it to you concerning himself and will open your eyes so you recognize him along the journey. This was a seven mile road. So it's a journey. So you do like one day for like three minutes and you're like, where's God? He he wants to find me. He knows where I am. No, no. He's already come to seek and save the lost. He's already moved into your neighborhood with grace and truth. He has already poured himself out for you. We now need to turn our hearts back towards him. So you got to engage the scripture. Second thing is you got to get around God's people you're like, I like the first one better than the second one. (laughs) I know, I know. Listen, if you really want to find God, then get around people who have found God. If you get around people who are seeking God, you'll discover God. If you get around people who know God, you'll get to know God. I mean, come on, think about this. When you put your faith in Jesus, what happens to you? You become included in Christ. The spirit of the living God moves inside of you. You're the temple of the Holy Spirit. Jesus abides and dwells in you. All of that is true. And yet sometimes we can't seem to find God in and of ourselves. And if all that is true of me, it also means it's true of you. So if I really want to find God and can't find him in myself, if I'll just get around you who has God in your life, then just maybe I'll find him. I've become crucified with Christ. It's no longer I live. It's Christ who lives in me. That's true of you, but it's also true of the person sitting next to you. And when we get around other people, we hear the way they talk and how God's moving in their lives and the wisdom and the encouragement and the life. And we see God in new and fresh ways through their life. If you really want to find God, you got to get around His people because he tells us where two or three come together in my name, there I am. In other words, If you want to go hunting for me, I'm just telling you where it is. If you don't want to go there, that's fine. But then don't be mad at me if you don't find me. Because I'm telling you where I am with two or three people who have submitted and surrendered to the name of Jesus who are seeking after God together. And you'll find this all over the Bible. Uh, Moses taught Joshua how to seek God. Samuel learned how to seek God from Eli. And Samuel taught David how to seek God. And Jesus taught the disciples how to seek God. And Paul taught Timothy how to seek God. So if you want to find God, get around God's people. We only do five things in this church. Weekend experiences, circles, serve teams, leadership development, and resources. Do you realize two of the five circles and serve teams, the entire purpose of why we do them is this. The entire purpose. You're like, no, no, no. Yes, it's this. It's so you can get together with other people and find God for you. So how much of God do you want? Because he's not hiding from you. He's telling you exactly where he is if you want to find him. And then the last thing is this. Practice stillness. If you really want to find God, you got to practice stillness. This is probably the hardest one for us. Like even right now, I bet there is so much swirling and spinning in your mind and in your heart. There is so much noise and chaos and distractions and things coming against us and at us. But this says, be still and know that I am God. There is some knowing of God that can only be found in the stillness. So maybe we don't know God because we're not still. Maybe we don't find God because we're never quiet. I mean, think about how loud your life is. Think about how much is coming at you and around you and the swirling in the noise. And the reason we keep all of that going is because if we're honest, there's a storm in here that we're terrified of. And if I shut down all of this, I got to deal with this. And God is saying Exactly. Let's shut down all of this so I can come in and heal you of this. But it takes practice. It takes practice to sit there for 90 seconds and just be quiet. But 90 seconds can turn into five minutes and five minutes to 15 minutes and 15 minutes to an hour. And then that hour can turn into when you're out with people or in a room like this, instead of reaching for your phone when there's that social anxiety, awkward moment and we all go... And you just be still. God, where are you? And what are you doing? And what do you want me to be aware of? Do you realize that if most of us went and saw a clinical psychologist and told them about how we use our phones and how often we use our phones, they would clinically diagnose most of us with an addiction. Like clinically, the amount we reach for it, think of how many times you got to just touch it. Even if you're not even looking, you just got to touch it. You're like, I'm done with this message. (laughs) Touch it, flip it. Why? Why? Because there's something in here that's so unsettled in the Lord saying, if you would just quiet yourself enough, I'll come and find you. You don't even have to come find, just quiet yourself. Let me enjoy you. Let me love you. Let me turn my face upon you. I mean, you remember the story of Mary and Martha? Jesus goes to two sisters house for dinner. And and, and Mary sits at his feet and Martha goes in the kitchen and makes a meal that Jesus never ordered. And the more she's doing it, the more angry she becomes. And then she barges in and yells at Jesus that Mary should help her and all this stuff. And Jesus just stops her and he says, Martha, you are upset and worried about many things. Only one thing is needed and it will not be taken away from Mary. She's chosen better. When God invites you to sit, don't spend all your time scurrying. He wants you to sit and what? Enjoy him. Like, look at this verse. The Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He will take great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. When was the last time you quieted yourself enough to just let God delight in you? When was the last time you allowed God's love to literally quiet and still the storms in your heart. When was the last time you quieted things down enough to hear God rejoicing over you with singing? I hear the world's songs all the time. Do I hear the only song that matters? The one of God's face upon me, singing over me, loving me? It's time to seek God. And it's amazing. Here's my observation for you today. You ready? My observation for you today is we've loved this series until this message. Oh, it's been so good. It's time. Oh yeah, yeah. And then we talk about what really, really matters what you actually have time on this earth for in the first place. And it's amazing how we lean back. It's amazing how we're like, I don't know about that. See, I could give you a bunch of like fake things on how you find God that require nothing of you. And you'll feel good and walk out of here. Or we can talk about the ways that God actually says, if you really wanna find me, here's what it is. I'm just telling you, it's going to be really hard to find God without your Bible. I love you. You ain't going to find God without your Bible. So I love you. And if you think it's a new uh, old King James and you can't understand it, then get rid of that one and get one that you can read. And you ain't going to find God without God's people. So like, you ain't going to find God without God's people. And I'm not talking about a friend that puts a Bible verse on social media. I'm talking about someone whose whole life is about seeking God, who understands that Kairos is more important than Kronos. And they realize there's a divine purpose on You just ain't gonna find God without that. And you're not gonna find God without practicing stillness. Because Jesus was constantly inviting the disciples out of the crowd, out of the world, out of the busyness to just be with him. And so if I can't put my phone down, Like put it down, lock it up, give it to someone in your family and be like, don't give this back to me for an hour. No matter what I do, if my leg is broken and I'm in the backyard screaming, do not give me this phone because I want to find God and already have God, but I want more of God. And I don't want to be discontent with my wife or my husband and my boss and my job and my friends and my life and where I, no, no, that just tells me I'm discontent with the Lord. So I need to go find him. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I'm gentle and humble in heart and you will find, find rest For your souls to seek God is to discover life this is not time to go through the motions this is not time to be religious this is not time to just go to church this is time to seek the Lord And I'm just telling you, God is stirring something up in our church. He's stirring up the coals of revival. He's creating a hunger and a thirst within us to say, I want more of God. I need more of God. I'm not okay with the way things used to be. I'm going to stop accepting the unacceptable. I have a a desire of holiness and purity and pursuit of the Lord that's taking root in my heart. And no, I'm not there. I haven't arrived, but man, something inside of me is saying, I want more of God. And so we then have to decide, are we going to use our Kronos to fulfill what is always Kairos? Seeking the Lord first with all our heart now, because it's always time to seek the Lord. And if you're like, ah, all of it, let me just tell you, let me just encourage you, then don't focus on seeking God. Focus on the fact that God has already found you because Jesus came to seek and save the lost, you. Jesus moved into your neighborhood with grace and truth. Jesus died for our sins once and for all to bring you to God. When you are an enemy, a hostile with God, when you are a sinner against him, Jesus laid down his life to find you, rescue you, and bring you home. Focus on the fact that he has already and will never stop seeking you first with all his heart. And right here, right now, may that give you the desire to seek him back. So close your eyes with me. What's the Holy Spirit want to say to you today? Like, if you're just even honest with your own heart posture today, is it one of, it's time to seek the Lord? And if not, that's okay. Tell him that. Lord, I'm distracted. Lord, I'm discouraged. Lord, I'm chasing these other things because they really matter to me right now. Can you help turn my heart? Can you help show me what this time is for? Can you help open up my eyes that I might see you through your word, through your people, and just in the quiet? In fact, can you just even right now, 15 seconds, let's practice stillness. Ready? 15 seconds. amazing how good that is for our soul but how hard it is for us to actually do it be still and know that he is God and he is right here right now in Jesus name Lord may we be a people in the church that always believe it's time to seek you, in your name we pray.